Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing fantastic, Neil. How about you? I'm doing great, and I'm so excited about our guest. And I could talk about the history of Washington football. Growing up as a kid, I would go with Joe Theismann and John Riggins, and I went to the training camp in Carlisle. So I always will bleed the Redskins. Oh, I mean, the Washington team is <laughs> through and through, but, you know, hail too and all those different things. Doug Williams, but we have a great guest, former Washington commander, Anthony Armstrong. How are you, sir? And you know what? Did you ever think about when you joined that Washington team, the history of that, that team in so you many know- ways? You know, um, Neil, thanks for having me, one. Greg, appreciate you having me in the grotto. Um, you know, I learned about the history of, of Washington football uh, when I got up there. Because, I mean, I grew up in Dallas, so obviously you have the Cowboys. And and just being from Dallas almost got me shunned from being on the, the Redskins when I was there. But I quickly learned the history of the team and how proud, you know, the, the fan base is. And, and I mean, I love I love the Washington faithful. I mean, they're 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 like family. They accepted me. And so I'm always I've always got love for them. Oh, yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Hey, Anthony, how, how did you get into football? I mean, and Ooh. did you have like inspiration from when you were a kid to go pro or man? So about- Greg from the from the state of Texas, football is like it's in your blood. Like you, you you walk, you talk, you play football. Maryland, they say they do crab cakes in football, but football is really a thing in Texas. It's almost another religion. And like I said, growing up watching the Cowboys in the early nineties, obviously I was Emmett Smith, the War Twenty Two on my first football team, which was the Cowboys. Um, and then just kind of worked my way up from there. I, I knew I always wanted to play football. I always wanted to be in the league. Um, but getting there, it definitely wasn't the normal route, wasn't drafted, didn't go that, that normal way, but, uh, I knew I wanted to get to the league and, and I was basically stubborn and I was not going to be denied to, to get to that spot. And a lot of people talk about that, not to be denied and we'll go do that further. But when you were growing up, the Cowboys really were just the thing. And what did you want to play? What position? So you said you were an Emmett Smith fan. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I mean, they they knew we didn't throw the ball much. So being the running back was was the guy, right? Turn around, hand it off to twenty two with the high top fade, and, and let him take it to the house. That's that's who I was. But as I got older, um, everybody got bigger, and I got skinny. I stayed thin, and uh, I got faster though. So I I went out out wide. So I was emulating Michael Irvin, and then when I got in college, I started watching a lot of Marvin Harrison tape, and uh, that's my favorite receiver of all, of all time. He's just uh, just deadly as he plays the position very talented very much of a route technician uh, but i could take the top off as well so i tried to kind of bring a little bit of everything into my game nice well you know as a kid growing up and you know when you started to get into playing ball more and more as as you uh got older and older you know people have influences in our lives you know who as a kid was your biggest influence um you know not necessarily a pro but actually in your life and uh, like in high school and so on. Man, you know, I've I've been fortunate to always be around just uh, just a few guys that are a couple years older than me. You know, I, I remember uh, seeing a Ronnie Worthington, seeing him line up at receiver at my high school in Newman Smith. And I was just like, man, we want to be like Ronnie. And just, as it went along, you just always found somebody else that I kind of cling to. Um, but but I always got to give a shout out to my mom for for being able to 
she always kept working hard and it made me never want to complain about anything. I was like, Hey, if she's doing it and she's got two kids and working and, and has her thing going on and I can, I can go out here and run some routes and practice in a hundred degree temperature. So uh, having her motivation, but then watching seniors and, and guys that are a couple of years ahead of me operate, I knew I wanted to be like them. So I was always chasing something. So let's talk about specifically enough Texas. Where in Texas you grew up? I grew up in the Dallas area. So I grew up in Carrollton. Okay. Okay. And in that process, when did you finally know that you were good enough at least to play college ball? What age? Man, man, I guess I really, that, that stuff didn't really start till high school. I mean, the recruiting process and I had a coach that I got to be forever thankful to coach roulette. Um, He, he made it a point to get as many kids into college for playing football as he could. If you wanted to play, he was going to do his best to help you do that. And um, you know, we put together a tape. I remember using the VHS and stopping and pausing and marking plays down so he could cut it uh, and get it sent out to coaches. And that was just the first part, getting letters in the mail, recruiting letters um, was was exciting. I mean, you see, start to see some big schools. And I tell you a funny story. There's one day I went out to check the mail and I had this one letter and it was bright orange. And I didn't think too much about the color, but it was bright orange. But I saw the helmet. And it had the the Wolverine helmet, like like uh, Michigan. And I ran in the house thinking I was getting a recruiting letter from Michigan. It was from <laughs> it was from Princeton. It was from Princeton, and I and it was like a questionnaire. And I, I the excitement waned, uh, but then I looked up that their colors are orange and black, so it made sense that it was orange. I was like, why is Michigan sending me an orange letter? Because uh, it wasn't from Michigan. So yeah, <laughs> that's great. So what did you end up playing college ball? I ended up going to West Texas A&M, Division II school out there, just south of Amarillo. Um, if you've never been to Amarillo, there's not a lot out there. You got some Cadillac stuck in the ground, got the Big Texan restaurant. So if you want to go uh, try that Big Texan challenge, that's out there as well. But I found my way to West Texas A&M. No, Neil, you're from Texas, right? Was from Texas. I lived in Texas. I'm in yeah. Pittsburgh now. I was in Dallas Plano area. Now I'm back in Pittsburgh, but I'm not okay. from Texas, but I was in Texas, have an office in Texas. So, you know, all those I places Anthony's the, talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm telling you right now, you go out past Dallas and you start going there. There's nothing right. Just branches and you keep driving. We drove, I drove all the way out past Uvalde and stuff to San Antonio and took those roads. And man, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. there. There's nothing, nothing there. there. It's scary because what if you broke down? What do you do? You lose, hey, you lose GPA, you lose GPS, you lose everything there, man. Oh yeah, you just you figure it out. I mean, I, I remember driving up to to Canyon. It was like a five and a half, six hour drive, and I mean, you got a couple hours here, then you got a small town, so you you got to stop. You know, when you get a chance to, because if you didn't take that stop a couple a couple hours back, you're going to be in the middle of Texas with no gas station nearby and and tumbleweeds <laughs> and carrying on. So. Yeah, it, it was a fun drive, man. Good experience out there in West Texas. Wow, that's craziness. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you're selling a lot of real estate. Are you doing that in Texas or where are you doing that? I'm doing this that, that in Texas as well. I've been in real estate going on 10 years now. So it's it's wow. flown by. That was the first thing that I got into post-football. Um, initially, I was trying to look into the coaching side and, and to coach at public schools, you have to be a teacher as well, for the most part. And so I was doing the teaching certification and 
Man, I got some flashcards that were trigonometry, and I had never taken trigonometry. <laughs> I put those flashcards down. I says, I says, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do this teaching coaching route, um, just because I was like, I'm not trying to learn math to have to teach math, right? So, I passed on that. Found my way into the real estate space, and I, I, I love it because I get to educate people. I get to educate clients and take them from not knowing anything about buying a house to to actually owning one, and then now. Uh-huh kind of transitioning and helping people sell them, uh, which is, which has been fun as well. Yeah, that's great. You know, what, what were a few things that um, you brought with you from your career as a professional athlete into, you know, your entrepreneurialism, really, you know, selling real estate, what are a few things? Man, you know what, it's funny you say that I've been thinking about that as of late, just kind of how things, you know, transition and it's much less physical in real estate. So that was the first thing I knew. I don't have to get hit by anybody. I can deal with the agents from Ebby and and, and, and the like, but I don't have to get hit by anybody. Uh, but number one, uh, you, you bring in good habits. You know, when I think back whenever I was at my best, when I was playing, I knew what I was eating every single game day the night before. I knew what my schedule was. I was just on top of everything. Um, and to be able to bring some of those good habits uh, into being self-employed, mind you, it's taken a while to re-implement them, uh, but bringing those over, that that translates. So right now, I treat every day like game day. I'm thinking, hey, I got my my practice script. I know what time I'm supposed to be here. I know what I'm doing. I know what the gameplay is. I know what the script is. Um, and that's how I have to treat every single day. Now, the the second thing is comes down to the mindset part of it. And it's one side of it is just like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to work hard, but it's taking care of your mental, you know, being able to start the day with some meditation and journaling. And yeah, these are some things I kind of learned as I got older, but I would still take some quiet time before games, you know, and, and settle down and stay calm so I could be level headed when I got out there on the field. And it's the same thing being self-employed. You, you want to take care of your mental, because if, if if you do that on the onset, then anything that happens during the day, you can handle it a lot better. That's what I found for myself. Um, and that third thing that I brought over is the ability to set some goals. Uh, I try to set goals that are going to stretch me. Because um, when I was leaving West Texas and had to go play in Odessa and work my way from the bottom of the bottom, I said I wanted to get to the NFL. Didn't know it was going to take four years for it to happen, but I got there. And so now I'm setting goals on this side that I want to do some things that are going to require me to be more and do more and and to operate at a higher level. All right. So I want to jump into this journey to the NFL and then how you take some of these mentors in your success in real estate. But let's go right to like, like you said, four years it took you. So what was the biggest challenges of just keep going, going, going to finally becoming an NFL player? Yeah, so going back, 05 was my draft, and I went undrafted. And right after the draft, I got invited to the Atlanta Falcons rookie minicamp. And so essentially after the draft, they bring some guys in undrafted, and they put them out on the field and see who can play. Well, I failed my physical uh, that very first day, and they sent me back to Amarillo that very next morning at 5 a.m. So I didn't even get to too much, put on any cleats in the NFL. And after that, I had to get healthy, you know, rehab a little bit. And I decided that I wanted to play football again. And it meant me meant that I had to go play ball down in Odessa, Texas with the Odessa Roughnecks. I found a teammate who had an agent and agent's like, I know a team. I said, fine, whatever. I packed up my Acura Integra, hopped in the car and I drove down to Odessa, Texas. We practiced in a parking lot, Neil. The, the, the hockey team was in the playoffs. So the ice was always down. 
So they rolled our turf, our Arena League turf, in the par- parking lot of the Ector County Coliseum on the corner of those two major roads were practicing. So it would look like a sideshow going on in the parking lot. And meanwhile, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. I got to get here. And I always told myself, I just had to get better one year. I had to graduate each year. Um, so down there in Odessa, I had, I mentioned mentors. I had like a Darren Graham, a Tommy Jones, Dwayne Hogan, Joel Babb. These guys had played uh, first few guys played D one football. They had been in the league. And they had kind of worked their way down, still trying to play the game. I'm trying to work my way up. So I'm learning from them. Um, I ended up skipping the game, went out and did a tryout, ran my first 4-2-40, um, turned some heads, and eventually that turned into a uh, position with the Dallas Desperados. That was the following season. This is 06. So joined that team, practice squad for a while, eventually get on the roster, spend the second season there. And this is when the Tony Sperano, Bill Parcells conglomerate made its way down to Miami. So after that 08 season, my phone rings. It's the Miami Dolphins. They want to bring me in for a workout. Um, long back and forth, finally made it happen, get down there and made the made the team, made the practice squad. So from 05, uh, missing my draft to 08, finally getting to the NFL, um, all that time passing, I didn't finally play until it was 2010 with Washington. So I had to get cut from Miami again, get signed by Washington in 09 to finally make the field and start in 2010. Wow. That's, that's perseverance, isn't it, Greg, to get there? Yeah, that's incredible. Um, yeah. I have a quick question to ask you just because it, you know, I, I was a sim- similar situation. Um, what was it like growing up without your dad? You know, I lost my dad when I was young too. Uh, what was that like for you? You know, um, Looking back at it now, I, I just I found that I just kind of took I took on a whole bunch of other roles. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, you know, you're, you're a big brother, but then you're also a caretaker can take care of your sister. But then you're the man of the house. So yeah. it was just interesting to take on so many different roles. Um, yeah, I have shoot. I don't even, haven't even probably unpacked all of that. But <laughs> that's just that's just one thing that I've realized as of late. So, you know, now you, you can see. I see myself kind of being being in those same positions in my life now. But I was always looking for somebody to make proud, I think, you know, always yeah. finding a coach that you're trying to make proud or somebody that you're trying to, you know, impress that that you want to hear that from a, from your dad or from a father to say, hey, good job. I'm proud of you. So, yeah, it, oddly enough, um, searching for that probably gave me the drive enough to kind of keep going uh, to get all the way up to the NFL and to make it there. So. It was, it was at the time, it was just, it was, it was the situation. It is what it was, what it was, but looking back at it now, it was definitely transformative and and, and made me into who I am today. Really. Yeah. Fantastic. You got to the NFL. You had that goal every time because you were drafted, but then went and it took so long, then coming as a free agent, you always, they were always after you, right? Didn't they always have a situation when you're in a certain spot on the squad that they're going to have tryouts every week to try to say, hey, it could take your spot, right? Ba- or the basically, same basically, I mean, I always looked at it like I was 53 out of uh, 54 out of 53. Like I was the next guy that they're probably going to try to get out of here. Cause I mean, I, I just that's just the way I looked at it. I, I wasn't going in there to, to think I had a spot secured and I knew, oh, I'm on this team. I'm like, no, every single day 
I'm trying to prove something. I'm trying to uh, bring value. I'm trying to make a play. Uh, Jason Witten said it, make a play every day. And then you find a way to stick around. And so that was the goal, you know, to turn some heads. When when Donovan McNabb came into Washington, I I was like, I have to be his Deshaun Jackson over here, you know, and that was what my goal was. And did I achieve it? I think so. I think so. Finished third in the league that year behind Mike Wallace and Deshaun Jackson. So I, I was able to have some success with it, um, you know, getting out there on the field. That's great. And you t- uh, and you take that same attitude with you right into your real estate business, because I know you're telling yourself, hey, I'm only as good as the last house I sold. So where's the next one coming from and the next one? So it, you use that same drive and building your pipeline and looking for the biggest opportunities and you know, do you try to, you know, I don't know what level of real estate you're selling, you know, average middle or you're selling high end or, you know, what, yeah. what are you selling? Yeah. I, I, I like to work with good people. That's yeah. what I've found. I mean, it, if you're buying an entry level house, I'm good. If you good people, let's do it. If you're buying a condo for 150, like I'm good, let's do it. If you're buying a seven figure property, I'd love to help you out. Let's do it. Right. Uh, it, it's all, it's all about the people that I work with. Um, there's no reason I've had, you know, transactions where it's just been like pulling teeth the whole entire way. And then at the end of it, like all the sickness goes away. Like that, this is the <laughs> gut wrenching feel. I literally had one like that where I was just like getting down to the end. I'm getting stressed. I could feel it in my body. And right when the title company says everything is finished, I could just feel all of that stress just leave my body. And I don't like to be in those. I don't want to be in those sticky situations. I'll help you solve your problems, but let's be cordial about it. Let's let's handle this thing like people uh, that have got some sense. How much do you use your network in a way to help you with getting certain real estate deals? You, Man. Contacts, yeah. Man, you know, I've, I've, there's, a, there's a few times that I've reached out, but but I've learned that a lot of times people already have, you know, built-in relationships and, um, you know, if they if they already have something that they've been working for 10 years, I mean, I can't get mad at that. I would love for them to switch. But um, I found that I, you know, if I take care of what's what's uh, what my actions are, what I need to do, I tend to find business. It, it may not be that I'm helping every NFL player, you know, buy a house or whatnot. I mean, I've, I've helped a few. I, I can say I've helped a couple guys buy some homes and multiple times at that. But um, I don't get I don't pick everybody. Right. You know, I don't get to pick at everybody, but I sure would love to because there's a lot there's a lot to learn about being a new guy in a city. And you're like 22, 23 with a lot of money. And they're like, what do you do with it? You know, and to having been in those shoes, I, I think I have a lot to to offer to, to some young players. Yeah, that's great. Hey, is, you know, talking to somebody young, I don't know how how old the people are that listen to our shows. You know, Neil, you have any idea what the demographic is? Oh, I don't it's know. all over the place, man. Yeah, right? Different yeah. stations or different demographics. I was checking that out before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just any go, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, Anthony, you know, talking to someone who's uh, either has your dreams or aspiring to be in the NFL, you know, what are a couple of things that they can think about or focus on or some actions that they can, you know, put into their lives as, as an own philosophy or something to help them move that dream forward? Man, I'm going to tell you my my big three, my playbook. This is my playbook for for just – I say it's for, like, putting imposter syndrome to the side because there's always going to be that uncertainty. Like, regardless of where you're trying to go, 
I don't know if you guys played video games back in the day, but you remember whenever you're on that little map and then it's everything else is grayed out and cloudy. That's all imposter syndrome until you walk to those spots. Do you finally see what's there? Right. So um, my, my playbook are those big three. Get your mindset right. Right. Understand how to how to take care of your mental because it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to be able to have some fundamentals that you can fall back on that are going to help carry you through those bumpy waters. Um, setting those goals right. I, I remember talking to a young a young receiver. Uh, kid in high school, he was, we were working on some receiver work. And I asked him, I says, Hey man, what are you, what are you out here for? Like, why are you doing this? You, your dad's got me coming out to coach you one-on-one. It's like 30 degrees. Why? <laughs> um, and and he's like, well, I want to go to the NFL, but I got to get to college first. So I guess my goal is to get to college. I says, that's wrong. Your goal is to get to the NFL. That needs to be where your focus is at because frankly, everything else you do is going to align with that. So if anybody is out here looking at saying, I want to get to the NFL, NBA, whatever, you got to start thinking like that. You got to put your focus on that and then your daily actions will fall in line. You know, so if it if it means I need to go work out every day, well, then damn it, you better work out every day. Right. If you're trying to get to there, you know, I, I think that we shoot our goals too small and and we don't we don't stretch ourselves enough. And I, and I know that there's a thing called smart goals and you know, measurable and time bound, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, they, I feel like for those, they set you, you're too small. They should be aligned with something that's much bigger, something that's scary, something that makes you a little uncomfortable. Um, so I would tell them whatever it is, aim higher and then match your daily activities to, uh, to align with that. Cause I'm sure yeah. there was a lot of naysayers saying you're never going to make it to the NFL, right? Well, you know what? The, the crazy thing about it, Neil, is that, the most me getting to the league, I never really went around telling everybody what I was trying to do. I just was going like, <laughs> like when I, when I got to Miami, like I was on vacation when I was, when I finally got to Miami, I was on vacation. They interrupted my vacation. I travel across the country to get down there, jet lag, do my workout. They're like, we like you. We want to sign you. We don't know if it's two days or two weeks. I say, that's cool. Send me back. So I go back to where I'm going. My flight gets delayed. I have to stay the night in Phoenix. Then I wake up. My 5 a.m. flight connects in L.A. I have a voicemail from the Dolphins. They say, hey, we want to sign you. You need to come back. I haven't even made it to my destination yet. <laughs> right? So then I finally, they're like, I'm like, I can't come back. I'm not even back yet, blah, blah, blah. They're like, when can you come back? I said, tomorrow. I said, okay, fine. I finally get down there tomorrow. I just text my friends because I was on vacation for a week. I said, hey, guys, I moved to Miami. I'm not coming back. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, the Dolphins signed me. So like me getting to the Dolphins, I never told them about it. I, it just happened. Um, me, if, if I would have told people about me trying to get to the league, I probably wouldn't have made it. I probably would have heard too many naysayers. I probably would have heard too many people doubting it. Um and it probably would have deterred me. So I kept my stuff silent. Just just move in silence and keep chopping wood. Before Greg <laughs> asks his final question, we have to talk podcasting. Why a podcast for you? Man, the podcast, I was one, I just was one to reconnect with with my Washington folks. You know, I, I had been getting out of the game. It's a tough to tough to transition out. It's like a three year process. At least it was for me. You're like angry, pissed off. Then you're like down in the dumps, depressed. And then you come back out of it and you're like, man, it's OK. I, I don't need football like that. 
Um, but haven't been away for so long. I was like, man, I want to get, I really want to get back into it. And the folks over there, there at the Believe Network reached out. Um, and it was right on time when I was thinking about doing something. So uh, Believe in Commanders happened and me and Brian Murphy have been rocking for a couple seasons now. Um, definitely looking to grow that thing. And I, I enjoy talking the game. I enjoy talking football, getting to look at tape and, and chat with, with good, good people about it. And you're traveling cool. sometimes to Washington too, right? To Say again, do some, do you do some traveling to Washington? Do any of the media out in Washington or you stay more just in Texas? I stay mostly in Texas, but you know, uh, I got connects up there. So if, if uh, when I was up there uh, for the homecoming weekend back in, I think it was September. Um, yeah. In September, I, I did a few things while I was there, but, but yeah, I'm open. They can hit me up. Okay. All right. Greg, <laughs> go ahead with your final question. This is really a, be ready, Anthony, for this question. Yeah. It's a, it's a light one, but it's an important one selfishly for me, but you know, really for, for the listeners as well. So Anthony, tell me, um, what's the most important thing in life you feel you've ever learned? Mm, the most important thing in life I feel I've ever learned. It would be, you gotta, you gotta keep smiling and you gotta, you gotta be able to laugh. I think those are the, those would be the ones keep a smile on your face and keep laughing. Cause I mean, life is going to happen. It is what it is. I was, I cried the other day, y'all. Here's what happened. I, I've been going through phone mess. Okay. And then I don't have the up the most up to date phone, but damn it. My phone was good. And it face planted on the sidewalk the other day oh. on, on top of the fact that I had just set that one back up and like I had kids to take to school and just everything was happening at once. But then at the end of the day, I ended up getting a client under contract. And hey, all I could do at the end of the day was laugh, laugh and smile. Because I mean, you're going to be tested. You know, you're going to be tested. It'll be tough times for everybody. So you might as well laugh at it, put a little smile on your face and, and get the hell up. Hey, but awesome. the nice thing is that's great, Greg, right? He got yeah. the final, the, the roller coaster ride of the entrepreneur right there. He saw it, right? That's it. That's it. Keep up. Get up and keep going, man. Cause hey, you learning along the way. That's that's the if I tell you if I go back, you talk about what do you take from the NFL? You can't make the same mistake twice. Don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing here. You fell down, you laugh at yourself, and you say, All right, next time I ain't gonna slip on that banana peel over there. So all right. The best place is the Believe Podcast Network and all podcasts to check out your podcast, right? Yeah, you can hit, hit, hit up Believe in Commanders on all your favorite streaming platforms. We're over there. Uh, you can give us a listen. We, yeah, we listened. We did one today on Halloween, so that, that one's out now. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Good luck on the real estate thing, and we appreciate you coming by. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. We'll see you at the end. All right. Thanks. That was a special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Guys, take care.